Here's the situation. A talking owl comes up to you. You're amazed to meet a talking owl. And the talking owl says to you, Oh, you like that I can talk? And you say, yes, I do. And he says, well, I will let you ask any three questions of any three animals in the world you wish, and they can communicate back to you. What three questions do you choose? I'm TJ Jagodowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is Here's the Situation, a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And uh, this week's theme is National Parks and Rational Pork. Um, And I guess, Rush, with that being the theme, it's not surprising that I have I think a very similar, at least, setup to to one of these. When you get not so much national parks, but when you get to rational pork, there's only so many ways you can kind of you can kind of go with it. I think there's going to be a fair amount of talking animals in my in my situation. I think so. So, and I will note that that uh, talking owl one could either fit into national park or into rational pork. So. Uh, with that said, why don't we get to our first one and I'll do the one cause we'll get back to that at the end. Yeah, we'll come back. So to I'll do this one to maybe set it as further, further away from another, from our talking animal one that we'll get to at the end. Perfect. So. And I should mention that just as sometimes people ask, uh, mm. you don't know the situations that I'm bringing Correct. in and I don't know the ones that you're bringing in, which is usually obvious as I struggle to come up with an answer. <laughs> but, uh, if anyone's wondering, we don't know, we don't get to see each other's at it. First time we're hearing them. Um, so here's the situation, uh, Rush, you're going to go back to college and you're going to study. What would you study if you went back to college now? Uh, well, I, I studied, uh, English in college. Okay. I think I would change that today, but that's what I studied. Okay. So we'll say you sign up for intro to the, um, Elizabethan, uh, sonnet. Oh God. Uh, 105. Okay. And before you start the class, you sign an agreement that says, if you talk about anything to do with this class, you will be expelled from the college. Yes. Cool. So you walk in uh, your first day and standing at a podium on two feet with a sweater and pants on is a five and a half foot tall pig. The pig says, I'm Professor Kramer. Why doesn't everybody take their seats and let's get started? Great. Cool. I have some questions now related to this, to this situation. Good. How long did he get divorced from his wife, (laughs) who is the other Kramer? I remember that. (laughs) Uh, How long does it take you to get used to being taught by a pig? I'm going to say the first in the first hour, I'm baffle gabbed or whatever. That's not the right. That's flabbergasted. Flabbergasted. Thank you. All the right letters. Uh, right. But it, it sounds like <laughs> baffle gab because I'm because uh, I am flabbergasted <laughs> that a pig is speaking to me. But I would say about 15 minutes in, I start taking notes and I'm like, OK, well, what's going on with these sonnets? And then I think the next time it's like five minutes. OK. And then the next time I'm like 30 seconds. You know, I can't. It's still true. It's still true that mm-hmm. this is a talking pig. But I think I get over it like surprisingly quick. So by fourth class, let's say you have three classes a week for an hour each time. By week two, you're just like, eh, my teacher's a pig. I'm going into class. Correct. Okay. Um, do you break your agreement at any point and tell anyone about the fact that you're being taught by taught by a pig? One hundred percent. I break it at some point, and I would think that um, maybe. I mean, look, this is me at my age now or back then? Um, well, give me both. I would have been uh, like panicked. I went to Princeton. <laughs> I would be panicked to get expelled from Princeton. That would have been a disaster. Fine I would school. have thought at the time. And I think I probably would have, uh, you know, uh, adhered to whatever the code is. And then like, 
very shortly after graduating be like, by the way, I was taught by a pig there. Mm-hmm. And then people would be like, no, you weren't. And yeah. I'd be like, well, I'll get six people from my class. And at least two of them will admit it. You know, these other people won't. But at some, you know, certainly at some point in my life, I'm going to spill the spill the beans. Yeah. If it was the right now, if it was my, my, my life right now, I, I'd be texting Beth, be, you know, in the first 15 minutes of class, like, Holy shit! There's a, a talking. There's a talking pig. I'll oh, yeah. tell you more later. I'll see if I can get a picture. That, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like today, today I'm violating that. I mean, I'm just there's there's no chance I make it through probably that day. Yeah. Without saying that. So uh, now this is um, consider this basically the same exact situation, but the pig is naked and on all fours, regular pig style. Mm. Does it? Do you is think? It, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Does it? Uh, do you think it takes you longer or not as long to get used to being taught by a pig in its more natural form than one who is like standing and dressed and everything? It's going to take me longer. And I'm, I was going to say it's, is it weird? I'm, I respect him less already. Okay. I'm like, well, I just like, he put it, he put those clothes on and he, you know, Uh he's got like some sort of, uh, whatever, like smoking vest or Uh whatever he's got on. And it's just humanizing him in a way that I am. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get get along with it quicker. Okay. Um, so that this uh, leads me to this now, because one of the thoughts I had putting this together was, well, I don't eat a lot of meat to begin with. Yeah. But if I know one talking pig, I'm certainly never eating ham, bacon, pork, or whatever ever again. It's it's enough of an, an, an indication to me that. Well, there might be others like him. And then I thought like, well, hell, if anything could talk, I'm not going to eat it. Yeah. You know, like whatever. If a cow started talking, I'm never eating that. again. chicken started talking. And so do you think the ability to communicate or convey meaning is the most essential element to what we consider being human? Because at that point, like you're, you're that pig that's your professor now. I think at some point you stop thinking of him as a pig and just thinking of him as uh, the man, you know, or in a case, if it was a, a lady pig, yeah. uh, the woman who teaches your class, yeah, that I you basically that. make them human. Um, and and I, I think I, if anything started talking to me, I would basically think start belie- thinking of them as as human. If a book on the shelf started talking to me, like, right. that's like a human now. Um and as I went through it, I couldn't think of anything else that I would consider more humanizing than the ability to communicate or or convey, um, emo- you know, emotion or meaning to from one person or one thing to a one being to another. Right. I, so I'm just sitting here, kind of angry at myself because I'm like, I think I would probably eat some bacon before I realize. That oh like what am I doing you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I, I think it I it would, it would like just slide over my head and then like uh y- y- you know I mean hopefully you know Professor Kramer wouldn't run into <laughs> me in the cafeteria eating but like that it would be that that sort of moment where I'm like I'm holding oh, the bacon God. the forks in my mouth and I see <laughs> Professor Kramer walk in and I'm like just like for a second I don't with even his talking think. chicken boss and then you I'm know right, and then I'm just like, a couple oh, eggs there no. <laughs> Because I'm already engaged in so much cognitive dissonance, right? Like, I, I really believe, everyone thinks I'm crazy on this point, but I, I really believe that, like, at some point, like, 30 or 40 years from now, it's going to, people are going to look back and be like, it was just totally barbaric that anyone ate meat. Yep. I, hear I think I think we're trending in a long term in that direction. Everyone tells me I'm wrong about that. 
Um, I eat meat, so you know, I'm, I, certainly my behavior tells me mm-hmm. I'm wrong about that. But in any case, going back to your question, um, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I think. The- sorry to that to that point. I have a garden in the backyard, and I feel differently when I eat. I I grow carrots and I grow green beans. I feel differently when I eat the green beans, uh, like morally about it, than the carrot. Uh, the carrot, like I am pulling, it's dead now. Mm-hmm. It, it was alive. I'm taking it out, boiling it or whatever, and and its its roots are gone. The plant itself is is going to be dead soon. Whereas the beans, the stalk is still there. This is like it's extra, man. Like I grew these extra. I'm still alive. I'm gonna yeah. be fine. Just get these, you know, like like an right. apple tree. You don't kill you don't kill the tree. You can still eat the apples, but uh, to the point where like you know morally eating animals is you know might seem as barbaric i have a, a tiny little bit of guilt from eating the whole vegetable even yeah. like but as as we said last week i have an overactive super ego that's right but at some point you got to eat too and and i think that um i think you're right though like the ability to communicate certainly I, you know i think of the, the animals that we think of as closest to ourselves like we look at kind of on the evolutionary ladder, whatever you look at, you look at apes and they look a little bit like us. Um, but also it's their ability, I think to a certain degree to, to via expression and via sign language or, or just not necessarily like, like project X where you teach them sign Mm -hmm. language, but I mean, um, by gestures can, can demonstrate what they want. And we all love dolphins because dolphins Mm -hmm. are able to, uh, communicate better, um, interestingly, uh, the second most, uh, advanced communication is not, uh, dolphins. Number one, number two is the dance of the honeybee. Uh, yeah. It's extremely complex and demonstrates Orius exactly how far away. 360 degrees. And nope. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think of honeybees as, is at all humanized mm-hmm. and including with that dance that doesn't, that doesn't make me think, right. Oh, boy, I feel less bad about swatting this bee that's trying to kill mm-hmm. me. Um, but kill. Lassie becomes almost human by being able to tell you that Timmy's in a well. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. Even more than Mr. Ed, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ed kind of was off-putting. So, yeah, I, I, I would agree with the, the communication is, would, would certainly be critical there. Yeah. And, and I think, as I as, as I thought about the, the most critical, if something can communicate with me, I automatically think it's human. To the point where people humanize, you know, robots, or whatever that they want to like, if it can talk to you in its own words and, you know, yeah. have its own, whatever, th- you know, thoughts and quotes that you want to like attribute a soul to it and a life to it. And there was, um, uh, I think a satellite just not too long ago might've crashed into Saturn. I watched a little documentary on it on PBS. It had been sending messages for years and years and years and it did i think it did something with its electronics that like the battery should have been gone so long ago Mm. and it was as though it was like holding on right and people cried i think i i know i got like kind of misty about it too when it um you know its last little message went and it crashed into saturn even that felt somehow like there was a human quality to it that it was communicating to you from across this great distance, just holding on to it's like yeah. last little bit of energy before, before it had to, you know, give up and go. It's also like a paradigm heroic story, uh-huh. right? The person that right. gives and gives and gives, right. You knows know, it's going to, and it's, it's yeah. the last thing it does. It is ain't getting out of here. It's its final message yeah. off. I mean, there's, that's, you know, that's, 
designed to get you to cry at a movie, <laughs> or certainly The Giving Tree. God damn PBS and NASA just pulling at my heartstrings. Yeah. Well, I remember we had a dog uh, named Chester who had heartworms, and they were like, he can make it, you know, six months, and he made it like six years. Yeah. And it was- It's a hero. Know, it was- uh, yeah, I don't know why I thought about that, but you, I guess you said the satellite. It outlived the battery. Yeah. I just wanted to say hello to Chester. I really loved him. He was great. All right. So, uh, TJ, I'm about to give you a situation. I will okay. admit that sometimes you start these situations and you're like, okay, I'm thinking of National Park. What can uh-huh. I? And sometimes they just seem to drift into a weird spot. Great. So I'll admit it. I'm just, you're not going to believe it, but this one started via thinking about National Parks. <laughs> Ended up somewhere a lot different. So here's the situation. All right. You're walking through a forest. Mm. You find some breadcrumbs. You decide to follow the breadcrumbs. Mm. They lead you along through the forest for a while, through a trail, and ultimately into a little bit of a clearing where you run into a frazzled old man who sits in front of a television. You have no idea how the TV got there. You have no idea why the TV's there. You have no idea how there could be any electricity or anything in the forest to handle the TV. You're in the middle of a forest. And the man says to you, I've been here since 1989. Mm. What year is it? You tell him it's 2019. He says, wow, do they still have VHS tapes? You say, I think so. I'm not really sure. They have these things called DVDs, but I think they have VHS. He says, whatever. I want you to name me three movies that will do the best job enlightening me on what the 90s, 2000s, and 2010s were like, because I have a job interview in about a week, (laughs) and I need to catch up on this stuff, and I don't have time to talk to you about it. So what are the three movies that you provide to this person to best try to explain the 90s the 2000s, and the 2010s. Science of the Lambs, American Psycho, (laughs) (laughs) Fight Club. (laughs) It's a violent, it's a violent, brutal brutal time. (laughs) He's going to show up like (laughs) just ready to go fisticuffs. The Martian. (laughs) At uh, at the first sight of this job interview. Oh, man. Oh, this is tough. Yeah. I think I would include something along the lines. Uh, it's odd because it it's uh, you know from from before, but something like Strange Love go, goes as much to like explain the world <laughs> like as it today. is now. But I, I think I would have to include. I'm bad with when with when uh, movies were made, but I think I would include something like Wag the Dog. Okay. Um, kind of a, like a, a political satire, but you know, pretty descriptive as to how uh, how kind of you know, bureaucratic, and it's about the show, and you know, and 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 that kind of stuff. Is Wag the Dog two thousand tens? No, that be less than nine years ago. I think it'd be earlier. But okay, so we'll say that's the two thousands one. Sure, is that um the nineties? It was made in the nineties, like Casablanca and E. T. Probably right. <laughs> it, so I just got to pick e. those. Was one 84. of those two. Okay, Casablanca was uh, I don't know sixty. I don't know. So I'm trying to give this guy a depiction of society. It's weird when like a a movie or a book really tries. Like I think I read Generation X, and it's supposed you know like to encapsulate the the I don't know the heart of a generation or how that generation is different than others and it they always seem so like kind of forced to me like right. even 80s movies when I was in the 80s and of the age that I should have been enjoying 80s movies it didn't feel like 
my 80s, like the, the Breakfast Club. Right, and yeah, that's the one that comes to mind. 16 Candles right? and, yeah. you know, like some kind of wonderful and pretty and pink. That didn't feel like my 80s. You, you didn't know? grow up in the Hughes, uh, was no. it the Western or Northern no. suburbs of uh, <laughs> Chicago? And I like to think, you know, the, the 50s were standby me-ish, except for, you know, the body and being in danger, but... Um, help me out, Rush. Uh, what, 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 uh, would Mighty come... Ducks, Mighty Ducks 2, <laughs> Mighty Ducks 3. Show the, show the path. So, uh, Emilio <clears throat> Estevez looks that old now, <laughs> yeah, huh? Well, hey, just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, you pick something that, uh, I don't know. I mean, I could see like the 90s. I mean, I think Shortcuts? you want kind of a, like a slice of life type of thing, but, but I mean, you could do like a Forrest Gump. Um, oh. which, you know, obviously spends more time in the past, but would also tie up several things that kind of happened in the 80s and 90s right. up through 94 when it got made. So if that movie had been made in, like, 2005, I think that would have been a better one for this. Do you know a movie called Ghost World? No. What is that one? It was uh, Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson, but they were pretty pretty young. Um, but it, it did a fairly decent job of kind of... Um, capturing like sort of the 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 like the potential malaise of of a teenager, and that seems to be more common. Like when you and I were kids, no one said uh, whatever, mm-hmm. and that seems to be kind of indicative, I think, of of a of a of a more more recent time where that was like an acceptable answer to like just yeah. entirely disqualify the fact that you might be interested or excited about something. So I might pick Ghost World, although I'm not quite sure when it was made. Um, but I think that that would be that might be in one of mine. So I, I think I would pick three comedies. And the reason I thought that is I, I, I couldn't I'm sure there's a great answer that I'm just I can't think of. Right. Because I'm not a huge cinephile who could be like, oh, well, you're forgetting, you know, link letters, uh, Boyhood exactly mm-hmm. covers all of these periods because I haven't seen Boyhood. Yeah. But I think Boyhood generally would do this, right? It, so that was the first one that came to mind. That's, I don't know why I, I kind of thought of that to get to the question. But then I was like, well, I can't answer that because I don't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, what have I seen? And I'd say, but comedies kind of reflect, you know, what's going on at the time a little bit. So if you had, um, you, you know, something like a. We bought a zoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would hope not, but you know, <laughs> pick like a good comedy uh, from the time. But I think something like uh, even like Groundhog Day just gives you a little bit of a feel of what people were like there, and you know, is again just like slice of life stuff. Um, I don't, I don't know, Bottle Rocket, something from the you know. <laughs> From the nineties, you know, if you didn't like Groundhog, you know, we should ask like, "What's your job interview for, man?" Maybe we could have like tailored this a little bit more to the guy, because otherwise, I'm gonna be like, "You know what? Watch Tenenbaums, Bridge on the River Kwai, and Amelie." I don't know what your damn job is, but those are three fine movies, yeah. and you'll at least enjoy yourself. Right? I guess I should just say <laughs> you should watch the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> right? Uh, I love that one. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Prestige. <laughs> Um and Inception. Yeah, there you hey, go. You know, Creed. It was really good. Yeah, you know, those like, are all very good movies. And he would have known the Rocky movies, so he would, you know, he'd at least know where where you, you were going with that. Like he'd be like, oh, I recognize these characters and stuff. Hey, you know, Creed might be actually that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I don't think you want to do like superhero movie or anything because then you're going to confuse mm-hmm. him. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I, you know, good luck to that guy. I hope <laughs> he makes it. All right, Rush. Here's the situation. Your group. No taxation without designation mm. finally has won their battle. 
So the federal government says you still have to pay your full tax amount, but you can earmark with percentages your taxes for at least four different areas, agencies, departments, or whatever that already receive tax dollars. So you can designate where it is that your tax dollars are spent. Okay. What um what what groups, departments, or agencies can you say like immediately? Um, that's where I'd want my my money to go. And if you want to, you can attach. You know, I want eighty percent here, ten percent here, five percent there, five percent there. Oh boy, uh, that's a tough one. And I'll tell you what put me on this was both. National Park and rationing out the pork as far as as far as this goes. Oh, you know what put me on this was and this will be outdated by the time this plays, but the um, Fourth of July parade that that Trump wanted straight down Penn uh, Penn Avenue. Yeah, uh, was paid for out of money that had been designated for the national parks. So right. it was like, you know, whatever, 2.2 what million or whatever got got pulled away. And so if, you know, if you're paying, let's just pick a number to make it an easy number, $100,000 in taxes next year, how many thousands or, or if you want to do it by percentage, divvy it out to whom? Yeah. One of them I'm going to give to is the National Park because that is something I can without a doubt get behind. I fully support and see nothing bad in any way, shape or form about giving money to a National Park. Right. And and I, I think I'm going to try to, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I'm going to try to pick things that I, I'm okay with, like on a bipartisan, ba- mm-hmm. not on a bipartisan, but, but regardless of who's in charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so w- w- one of which is in, the first thing that came to my mind is infrastructure. Okay. Like I, I would support, you know, I, I wouldn't mind it if like Trump focused his time on like, building highways and stuff with his name on it, which I thought might kind of interest him. Mm-hmm. And I think whoever's going to go out and improve our nation's infrastructure, I think for the most part, like I'm supportive of yep. that generally. I would also uh, probably because it's the theme of this week's or whatever, but I na- na- uh, national parks would be terrific. And I would support that regardless of, you know, what the situation is. Same. Then I think I would, I would want it towards like, you know, some sort of like, governmental uh scientific research uh-huh. side of that one. and then i would want something that goes towards like government the lawyers that we pay for government to investigate like you know kind of civil liberty type work but uh, you know that's that's a small section we have to rely on like ACL- aclu and other organizations right. that are outside that wouldn't be getting the tax i don't believe i'm not exactly sure how it works yeah. but i would support something like that but it, given my profession i think i would be interested in seeing you know uh, money spent in in that regard, but I think if I would the ones that jumped to mind for me were infrastructure, scientific research, and uh, and and upkeep of our national parks. Like yeah. a lot of stuff that's basically designed to uh, keep America around as long as we can. Yeah, I had national parks on mine. I, I I tried to think of you know at least some stuff that was like that just felt like oh, this is an objective good. You know, yeah. like having trees and animals in a place for a family to to you know to go and hike and camp. Like, how can you not want that? Um, and so one other one other one, I was just going to go twenty five percent splits on all these public broadcasting because I think that's always okay. been like always been fine with me. I love watching like Nova and Nature, and Ooh. I was you know educated on Sesame Street and Electric Company and. Uh, uh, no, 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 no
Oh, what was the Spanish one? I used to know this. Goodbye, amigos from Via Alegre. Via Alegre. Um, so I would definitely have public broadcasting on there. Um, I would put 100% to it if, if they were just making those The Planet documentaries. Oh, yeah. I, I, those are like my all-time sleep uh-huh. aid. Like I'll if I'm really struggling to go to bed, I'll throw on, you get like Attenborough's voice. Yeah. And just like, I love that stuff. I hear you. But it also puts me to bed. Yeah. Um, Meals on Wheels, because I think they took a hammering this uh this year, okay. I believe that's old people eating. I'm fine with that. And then uh, Planned Parenthood. I was going to give the other the other quarter to Planned Parenthood. I think the um, educational benefits and all that, that that they give and just you know good reproductive care. Um, I would want that. I would want that funded. So those are those are my those are my four. All right. Well, this will be uh, several steps lower in terms of seriousness. <laughs> um, and that is this. Uh, there's a new TV show, TJ. Here's I love the, it. Here's the situation. Okay. There's a new TV show. Uh, in town. It's called Rational Pork. <laughs> it's about a, uh, a like a basically. Don't say hard boiled. Is it? It's, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's basically Columbo, but with a cartoon, uh, walking talking pig. Okay. Okay. And then he's assisted by a bunch of cartoon, uh, humans. All right. So, but nobody cares. He stands out. It's not a Roger Rabbit situation, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you got a cartoon and then a bunch of real people, but you've got it, it's animated and just a pig and these other people. But if you prefer, you know, we could do a Roger Rabbit. Style. Okay. So, a couple things I want from you. Yep. I want to know who is the lead actor that you want playing the voice of this uh, kind of Columbo style. Rational Pork the Pig. Rational Pork, Columbo style. And with Columbo, he's he's a little bit, he's not doddering, but he's a little, you know, excuse me, you know, but he does, he does figure DeVito. Okay, great. Yeah. Love it. Uh, then you get to pick uh, of the lead uh, actress. And so the lead actress is his, um, his partner. Okay. And she is uh, like unequivocally uh, smarter. Um, better detective. I know who this is, but ultimately, like, um, he he gets a lot of the attention in part just because he's got a dominating personality, and in part because he's a talking pig. If you give me the chance to cast a, a lady in anything, I, I I start with Allison Janney and then move on from there. Okay. So this would be Allison Janney, unless Janney. a better part for her comes up, in which case I would I would make make Allison Janney that too. Okay, I might give her every part in this. Uh, finally, we got the chief of police. Okay, Allison Janney. Okay, so She's Janney's so doing them both. <laughs> well, tell me more about this chief of police. I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> you, you get to create in your own mind what the what the what the perfect chief of police is okay. with that team. I want. I don't want. I don't want to go typical here. I want. I want to go young, actually, and not necessarily certain of him or herself. Someone that can do doubt. Okay, um, I like that. So, who would say something like, "Hey, I think that's the best way to. I think that's the best way to go on this." Yeah, let's do it that way, guys. Let's arrest them. Someone who can do that. Okay. Who who can do that? Me. I'll do it. All right. I'll, I'll play the chief of police. There you go. All right. So it's you. I can J- use a job. You did. You wanted to meet Allison Janney. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> if you hadn't cast her, you were coming up with somebody else. That's all right. So it's you, DeVito, and Janney. Those are the three key, Back key players. Back together again. And now I want I want you to give me the name of a few episodes. And I'll just tell you, every one of the episodes involves some sort of uh, 
you know, kind of pun off the fact okay. that he's a pig. Yeah. And so, like, one of them is porking tickets. Okay. You know, and so that, and, and like, what happens is he keeps breaking up uh, couples who are at, uh, you know, make out point. Yep. And uh, and then wh- while he's doing that, and he hates it because what a what a lame job to have to do. He's just ruining people's fun. Uh, he stumbles across, uh, or Janny figures it all yeah. out. Uh, mm-hmm. A serious crime and works it out. That's porking tickets. But okay. there's something like that. Uh, give me you know two three episodes. Uh, there's a uh, corn on the cop. Okay, you know it's one of his one of his favorite foods. So sure. we have corn on the corn on the cop. Um, um, uh, on again, trough again. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's uh, what the, happens in on again? The through line is he gets back together with his ex-wife for 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 a little bit. Yeah, because um, she ends up she ends up uh, being robbed, and so in part of this, it's like he has to respond to that call. But then during that time, they get <laughs> together for a little bit, and then like realize it. they're better off. They're better off uh, separate. I'm um, also thinking. I just got to go back now because you brought that up. Let's say Professor Kramer, my, my pig professor, is like totally conducts himself appropriately at all yeah. times, very professionally. But but he's just got a massive trough yeah. along the side, and he just goes to town on some slop like every now and then during during class. You know, just do you, do you lose a little respect? Does it dehumanize him a bit? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Because I know I know some people who go to who eat like that. My first improv class I ever took in Chicago, my teacher I won't name who it was. Uh, just sat there eating an entire sandwich with no plate or napkins or anything <laughs> yeah. while watching us, and he took a bite and like two thirds of the sandwich just came out and <laughs> fell right on the stage and just sat there for the duration of the class. Anyway, um, last episode is the long farm. Oh no, he bought the farm. Oh. Murder, murder, murder case. Oh, oh, thank God! I yeah. thought it was going to be the one he dies. No, no, it's a, it's another oh. person. Yeah. By the way, a, great, great one because you're worried the whole time that yeah. rational pork is going to die. And you know what? And maybe that's a season finale, and he gets, he gets like shot in the, at the end, and we Ooh. don't know. So if we don't know if it referred to the, to the murder victim earlier in the episode, or if, yeah, or if he bought the farm there. So yeah. Those would be my three apps. Okay, I love it. That's it. That's show. all I had on it's a hot oh, show. For sure, people are going to like Rational Pork. <laughs> all right, Rush. Um, here's a National Park one. So when I pictured a National Park in my head, I immediately thought of like trees, bears, uh, river, probably probably Yellowstone, I think was probably the, the one that, that came into my head. But as I researched, there's ones in the tundra, there's deserts, there's, you know, the, the petrified forest, there's swamps, there's all different sorts of, of, uh, national parks. Um, and it made me interested in what is the image that pops in our head when we hear a word that has a lot of possibilities to it. Okay. So here's the situation. I'm going to say a word, and I'd like you to describe to me the specific visual you get right off right off the bat. Great. You don't have to know why it came in there or whatever, but so when I say the word sandwich. Uh, the first thing I think of is a Hoagie Haven bacon cheesesteak. It's my favorite sandwich in the world, and I've said so often that it's my favorite sandwich in the world that even though like maybe it wouldn't pop in my head just just because it's my favorite because I I make such a like pain in the ass out of like telling people it's my mm. favorite sandwich like they're like yeah we get it we, <laughs> no one gives a shit um that comes into my mind yeah and it's so delicious and I wish I had one right now and I and like I picture a plain white bread just like slice a ham. On, yeah. I haven't had it. You forever. got like the Don't Spanish know I, textbook one. Yeah, where like, 
uh, the, for the kids in, in in Mexico who are learning yeah. English, and they're like sandwich, right? And you got that exactly. Picture, yeah. And I have I don't know if I had one in my life, you know, or it's the kind in like in a prison movie they unwrap the paper and yes. that's what's you know what's in there. Um, By the way, every sandwich that people ever eat on TV, I'm always like, I I would like to eat that. <laughs> I I don't remember. Uh, you know, God, I hate that. Like we, you know, Bill Cosby's such a horrific demon, huh. right? Because that show, he would make. You know, it was a good show for a lot of, re- yeah. and he would make those hoagie, big hoagies. the hoagies, and he put mm. chips in them, and it was like porn. Yeah, it was. It looks so good. Is there may I don't know, the list is short of things that are better than a great sandwich. Hello, well, it's my favorite food sandwiches. All right, I'm going to give you another word. Yes, animal. Who? Uh, mm, I, I think the first. I, I got it so broad. I mean, I think the first thing that pops into my mind, or I'd say the first thing that did pop into my mind yeah. was a fox. Okay. No idea why. Great. Absolutely no idea. Wouldn't, probably wouldn't happen tomorrow if you said animal. Mm-hmm. I think it's so variable. Um, I don't currently own a dog. Does your dog pop in? Is Josie, is that number one? I don't one think no? so. I, you know what? Like, uh, I, it'd be tough to go back and do it. What Whatever it was, it wasn't even like a real animal. Again, it's like the, like a children's book drawing of like a rabbit or something like that. But yep. it's it's not like I see an actual animal. I see a visual poorly, not poorly, but kind of crudely illustrated drawing of an animal. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Um, again, like got so many animal memories. It, I think it would be different every time you ask me. Yeah, that for sure. And, and, it's, and that's what kind of intrigues me. It's like, why this? Why is this the picture? You know, and it would it would it be different tomorrow? And because it's not my favorite. It's not my, you know, whatever. It's not one I want or think about particularly. But here it comes. Right. All right. I'll give you another one. Building. My office building. OK, that makes sense. You see that well, five times a week or... or I see yeah. it quite often. And also, yeah. I've recently moved, but for five years, I could see my office building right out of my apartment. Yeah. And I like my job. I enjoy going to my job. Um, but there's something about being so close to it. And like the amount, I, I work a fair amount of hours. And so um, it, it does have a little bit of like a Darth Vader presence, uh-huh. too, when you look <laughs> up there. And so I think of that as... as as my uh, when you say building, that's what I think of. I got a couple more for you. Snack. Uh, I you know what, I, I'm just gonna say what came into my mind, yeah, which is a Twinkie. It. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've eaten a Twinkie. I th- I think the last time I ate a Twinkie, like between now and then, Twinkies have mm-hmm. gone bad. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> I probably haven't had one in ten years. <laughs> Somebody will be like, "No, you remember that night that you we, we uh." We ate like a box of Twinkies, but I, I, I don't remember eating one in a long time. And, um, but I, I do think I kind of associate that maybe way back when is like when I was a kid, oh, Twinkies sure. were like a big thing, you know, it was like the kind of classic snack food. And what yep. was it? Little Debbie snacks, you know, uh-huh. I think that's oh, yeah. what's kind of, but I, I bet oatmeal, if you ask me. Oatmeal pies from Little Debbie. Yeah. 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 Well, those, are, those are terrible, man. All right. Uh, I got three more. Okay. Um, close your eyes for this. Maybe this will be easier to pop in. Ready? Champion. Roger Federer. Okay. Um, I'll give you a new one. No, no discussion needed. That's, that's your man. Uh, ready? Yep. Hat. Uh, I, I see uh, always like first for a hat, um, and it, it just happened as well, is that um, I don't even know. I, I don't know what different hats are called, and I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. embarrassed because- I can help you. I know some hats. What are you talking about? So fedora? Bowler? It, it might be a fedora. It might be a bowler. It's one of those. It's It's got the crease a little bit in Shaped the middle like of that? it. Shaped like that? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but not like a kind of straw like like the one that yeah. we're looking at there. But yeah, it's it's like the classic old, he I take my hat off and I tip it on. Yeah. That's a fedora? Yeah. That's what I think of as hat. Yeah. I hear you. That's a great hat to think of. Yeah. And and I would think not that I would- Not one person I grew up with wore those hats. Mm-mm. No. And you've you've never wore one, wore one- Never mind. Ever, yeah. Maybe for a play. And I, w- I think I would, you know, I should think of a baseball hat. I wear a baseball hat. Every week, at some point, yeah, it's not the hat that I that that I immediately think of. I think I also think of a fedora. If you said cap, mm-hmm. I might think of a baseball gotcha. cap. I hear you. All right, last one. Yep. Game. Uh, I think of I thought of Star Power, which is a game I invented with Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, and uh, you know we spent a lot of time building out the prototype, and I still have it. And Pete Gross was just talking about that the last time we were together. Our mutual friend Pete Gross, yeah. how much he loves that game yeah it's so good. much it's a good game it's only been played probably 25 times in human history but uh i don't know I, every time i bring it up i'm like i gotta get a game of star power mm-hmm. up. um but uh that was one of the most i got jordan and i worked on that for 18 hours a day and he I did was, little drawings and stuff Pete his said, drawings remember, were awesome but yeah and it was all like it was all the the purpose of the game is you are a director um, a Hollywood director, and we made them all like ridiculous stereotypes. And then you have to auction off and, and get a bunch of actors, and we made ho- who all the actors were, and they were based on you know ridiculous stereotypes. Um, and you had to uh, you Scripts. picked a film, you yeah. picked a genre, and then you you auction off actors and actresses, and the different actors and actresses are proficient in different genres. So you have a, like Stevie Peaches, who can only do comedies, but he's but he's great in comedies. Uh-huh. And then you have like this guy Stockton Malone, who's just this uh, like old guy with a mustache <laughs> who can do anything. That like guy the can ultimate, score and assist. Yeah, too, he's the yeah. ultimate uh, character actor, <laughs> but he looked a little like like a Wilford Brimley a little bit. And then you had guys that were good in horror or. Um, or fantasy, but couldn't do a damn thing in drama uh-huh. or comedy, you know? And so you'd, 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 you'd and then like, if you're making a comedy and I'm making a romantic comedy, which were different, uh, we'd be fighting over like some right. of the same people and you never knew who you were fighting with. But then there were a few actors that were really powerful, prestigious. So everybody kind of wants them. And then you ultimately see how your movie does and you get money based on that. And then in the fifth year, your movie is up for the Oscar and whoever has the most, uh, is a complicated scoring system. But anyway, great game. Love it. Can't wait to play it again. No one listening to this. They're all like, okay, great. Interesting. Fake game. It's not a fake game. It's real. All right. Well, thank you for letting me talk about star power. Of course, buddy. Okay. Thank you for talking about it. All right, TJ, here's the situation. Yes. Um, when you mentioned rational pork, I yep. couldn't help but think of Animal Farm. And we certainly covered mm-hmm. our talking pigs uh, throughout this episode. Uh, but I, I wanted to remind myself, I thought George Orwell was a pen name. And indeed it was. Yeah. His name was Eric Arthur. Do you know his last name? I'd be super impressed. Uh, Siegel? Uh, oh, hold on. Eric. Give me the first letter. It's either B. F or O. Braun? I had never heard it. Oh. Eric Arthur Blair. Hmm, no. And so he chose the pen name George Orwell, which is interesting to me. I just think I I find like what people choose very interesting. So here's the situation. You uh, in the future, people are allowed to still have pen names, but there is an agency that assigns pen names to people. And you are at that agency. So you are allowed to give the pen names to various people and you pick them based on what they write. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to give you. 
uh, different genres of stuff that people focus on, and you're going to give me the pin name that you would assign them. And if you would like, I can give you a, a, a their normal name, but I don't think you would want that. I mm. think you just want the yeah. You if, want? No, I don't want their okay. normal name. But I might ask you perhaps for a book title if I need an extra little sure. jogging. I'm happy out. to do that. Okay. So the first person that you have to assign a pen name to yep. is a woman who writes mysteries uh-huh. that take place in a realistic Old West. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, Eleanor Briscoe. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Just that like sells, 100%. Right? Yeah. She's thrilled. Yeah. Um, we wanted an, we wanted an older type of name, and then Briscoe uh, sounded enough like Frisco, and had a kind of a Westy Eleanor Briscoe right. I mean, it was shows. genius. I, we don't need to explain <laughs> it. I loved it. I'm buying that immediately. Just as long as she didn't need any convincing, I didn't. You know. All right. Great. All right. Next up, yes, is I, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you the one I had for that because yours is so much better. I may not ever use any of mine. Um, next one is this author. Yeah, is a man who writes short stories in which the protagonist is always a retired athlete. Okay. Cal Greer? Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Cal Greer. I like it. Um, What'd you have? What'd you have for that? I had Tim Christopher. I hear you. I, I, hear I you. liked two first names. Two first names, yeah. I hear you. I bounced around on a couple different double first namers, mm-hmm. but that's what I went with. Cal Greer, I like though. Cal Greer had a like a, a minor played in something not in the highest league, yeah. but in my head played like semi pro ball yep. or you know, played in the D League or something like that. I think of it more as like Tim Christopher's the author and mm. one of his protagonists is Cal, Cal Greer. Greer. Yep. Fair enough. Um But I like it. I think Cal Greer, frankly, writes higher quality short stories okay. than Tim Christopher. Tim Christopher feels more like these are for kids to read about, <laughs> uh, you know, retired baseball player or whatever it is. Maybe I'm just, you know what? I'm just stealing Matt Christopher. <laughs> I didn't even think of it until then. Uh, so, that yeah, that's all I did. Um, okay. The next person is someone who writes self-help books okay. that are pretty obviously designed to generate a cult following. So this is a person who's got like a a bunch of books about how to live your life and there's like a system and all this other stuff and hugely popular. They're trying to be hugely popular to create like a cult. Dakota Weil. Ooh. I like it. I did, and, and that one, I uh, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman, I so like I wanted, I was going to run the gender down. They may not claim a gender. Dakota Weil may not claim a gender. That was, that was the first thing I thought of when you said that is like, I, I didn't say, is it a man or a woman? Mm. And you're like, I don't want the reader to yeah. know. Mm-mm. This is just a lifestyle. Straight a man up. can take it. Yeah. A woman can take it. But by the way, send twenty nine ninety nine <laughs> to Dakota Weil and then come to the speeches. And then when the speeches happen, there's like a you never see Dakota Weil like he or she is behind a screen and it's like the Wizard of Oz. Like That's going to work. That's going to work. That's scary. Let's, yeah. We, let's not release Dakota Weil remains entirely unseen while uh, Shannon, Shannon Pull. Shannon Paul uh, does all the dirty work up front. That's the uh, okay. that's the face of Dakota Weil as Shannon Paul. Nice. <laughs> I had um, I had D. David Laron <laughs> Davidson. <laughs> that guy. That guy uh, is up to no good. The, yeah. He's... The uh, the the first the first first and one initial is yeah. genius in there. That's yeah. yeah. That's the, the classic L. Ron the, Hubbard yeah. set. Yeah. All those guys, or a lot of them. 
Okay. Uh, finally. Yes. I want you to, you have somebody walks in mm-hmm. and what they write is like terrific, like really well written young adult, like, mm-hmm. like late teen adult uh, fiction. So young adult fiction. Yep. Really well written, but it features an uncomfortable amount of sex. Okay. Just like really, you're like, oh my God, take it easy. Kennedy Bond. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the next Kennedy Bond is out. You know, all the like 15 year olds are racing oh, to pick yeah, this thing up. Loving no it. doubt about it. And like the parents are like, oh, this Kennedy Bond, you know. <laughs> Uh, again, we don't know. He or she's no, corrupting, uh, right. <laughs> corrupting America's youth. All right, Rush. Here's the situation. Um, another one based on rational pork. Science proved today that all animals have had already the capacity to reason, think, feel, deduce the whole enchilada. We just didn't know how to communicate with them, but we figured that out. Okay. Um, humans are allowed to choose a particular species to be a confidant, advisor, counselor to them. What species of animal do you pick to fulfill that role? Okay, good. I, okay. This can be kind of similar to our next one, I think. But, um, okay, I get to pick a confidant, counselor. Yeah. Counselor, advisor. Hmm. You may you may develop a personal relationship with them. I don't want to rule out friend. You know, you can... Right. You can you can have that as as well, but you have the opportunity to glean the the you know wisdom or or secrecy of a uh, of an animal species. Yeah, I feel like, um, gosh, I feel like I want uh, you know I was going to say like owl, which is where I started. I'm going to come back to. That's why it's kind of similar, but. You know, I think this like owls are wise is probably overrated. Right. Right. And then I was thinking, okay, well, let's go with something with the largest brain. Yeah. You know, so like give me a dolphin. I don't know what else has a massive brain. You know, probably like a chimpanzee. Yeah. I mean, just size. Well, I don't know. Comparative size. It's probably even comparative brain size to their. Oh, parrots and ravens. Mm-hmm. They have. They have. But pretty, they're still small, though. Yeah. Um, I would go with a whale myself. Going whale. I'm going to go, I want a chimpanzee, but I want him to be from England. Okay. Because I, <laughs> I want him to have a British accent. I think I'm going to, there's just something that's going to work a little better for me. If my, You're going to end up with Curious George, who you did nothing but crap on early on, you know, right. in this thing. You're going to end up with a Curious George. You're going to be the man in the yellow hat before you realize it, you know? No, I will not. I will not. I loved Curious George as a kid. I I have largely good things to say about him. He's a, he's a little bit of a scamp. I mean, he, he misbehaves all the time. I have much bigger problems with this man in the yellow hat. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Oh, well. And you're yeah. going with a whale. Yeah, I think they're they're... I find them noble and gentle. Uh, I have. I think much, you said you want to be able to throw them off of beaches. When uh, no, when yeah, beached. Un, yes, unbeach them. Yes, yes, absolutely. Throw them off of beaches. That sounds like a like clear out of here, fellas. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's let's throw a little. Let's throw some sand on that fire and get the hell home. Sure, but that, you would do that. <laughs> I would put they shouldn't them be on the back beach. into the water, man. Yeah, man. You'd lift them. Yeah. In. I think that I I give them credit. Anything I automatically have. Where, where are you going to talk to this whale? I'll go underwater. I'll go out in a boat or something like that. There's their their voice carries for miles. They don't have to even be all that close. They could Whales. be like three miles away. Yeah, yeah. carries forever. 
but I'll go. I'll go to them for a whale. I'll go out. To, I'll go out to a. See, I to think I, I'm just gonna uh, like buy the unit next to mine. Yeah, and just let put the, your monkey uh, up in there. Yeah, let him have. Uh, he can live in my building. Yeah, and uh, that way I could just knock on the door and be like, you know, hey, you're gonna have tons of bills. You're gonna you're gonna have to put down. He's gonna ask you for a credit card number at some point, and he's gonna you're gonna go over there, and the place gonna be decked out with pinball machines. He's my confidant. pool table. That's cool. He's gonna have like you know top shelf music system yeah. blaring over there. He's gonna, gonna have he's gonna have cooler, more fun people immediately than me. Yeah. I love already- Nigel. Turn the music down over there. As your confidant, rush, <laughs> go f yourself. Yeah, I don't care. He's right. <laughs> You're getting nothing but trouble. He's no, no. It's great. He's, <laughs> I'm gonna just maybe I'll put him at the end of the hall. Okay. <laughs> All right. So should we come back to where yeah, we uh, let's begin? Do it. All right. So that is here's the situation. This is a tough question. This one. Yes. So you meet an owl. Yeah. Who's a talking owl. And you, you're you're clearly amazed that he can talk. Yeah. He says, "Oh, you can. You like that I can talk." Yeah, I love yes. it. Yes, love it. And he says, "Well, great. I will let you ask any one question of any three different animals you would like to." Yeah. What is the What are some of the questions that you would ask? And um, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not trying to rig the the setup, but um, are we talking about animals specifically? Like, could I ask a question about my pet dog? Or are we saying yes, like you, you can ask about tigers? Nope, you can ask any specific animal you want. Okay, any question that you'd like. I would say, hey, owl. But you can only ask one of each animal. Okay, so it can't be three questions of your dog. Okay, I think. Right now, I know Beth and I have said like, "Hey, if we could talk to Josie, we'd like to know this, this, and this." And it was she hates she hates skateboards. That's not what I'm going to ask about. Okay, um, but she has other little little um, idiosyncrasies that I do find interesting. She hated this dog from the other street with a passion. She's never been like this with any. It was it was like um, it was like a was it marathon man when mm-hmm. uh, you know the guy saw Olivier and he knew he was the dude. Right. Um, but uh, what I would ask is what is what would Josie find to be like the funniest thing ever? Because I would love to know that I'm making Josie laugh or, you know, even if she keeps her laugh inside. Um, I would, I would say um, what can, what's happening? What can we do to help bring back as many bees as possible? What what do the bees want from us? Right. Um, and then they do a very complex dance to get yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, the bees may I should just ask a bee. It may be right. able to it may be able to 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 do that. Um man, uh very few things affect me as much you as think like the bees animal. Know pain. Why they're dying? I don't know. I uh, no, you I don't might not get an answer on that one. Unless, yeah. Um I don't no, I don't think they do. I think I think we've done something. My 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 guess is it has something to do with like phone, like cell phone things and and something like that that we're we're screwing up. We're screwing up like like we're screwing up kind of bird migratory patterns and stuff uh stuff like that. Um and so one other Let me think a little bit about it cuz I think it would also be about trying to help save or um, something to please a particular, to please a particular animal. Like I might just ask what do like different, <laughs> if, I, if I just ask one question of all animals, be like, what do you find funny? <laughs> yeah. Like if I can make a bear laugh, make an elephant laugh. I heard the other, the other, I was listening to a thing just today actually that said, um, where, uh, they were talking about how things can be contagious, like yawns and laughter where, um, two people laughing on a train, 
sometimes will make another person laugh and that'll make another person laugh. And then all these people are laughing and they, none of them, you know, or the, only the first two know what the hell they're even laughing about. Right. That, um, this lady said a lot of mammals laugh, that rats laugh. And mm-hmm. sometimes it has to do with tickling. Um, it's a long way to go, I guess, to get a rat to laugh. But, <laughs> um, but if most mammals can like laugh or have, find something funny, I think I'd like to know what that, that is. Um, but yeah, help me out with what, what you thought about. Uh, the things I thought about were I would go to uh, a zoo and I would find one of the animals that's lived there for a little while, but hasn't been there like the longest of any of them. And I would say, do you and do other animals like living in the zoo? Yeah. Because I would really like to know that because if if animals hate living in zoos, um, w- which I, I kind of think that they don't. Yeah. But if they do, I'd want to know it. And then I'm never going to another zoo. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I like going to zoos. Will you take up a larger mantle at that point to try and shut zoos down? Or okay, I might. But I certainly would uh, stop frequenting zoos, which is a thing that I. So I go um, from time to time. Like, uh, I'll just go out of my way to kind of, especially when I'm. I don't know. It's the same way that I like looking out on the lake in the summer or something. Mm-hmm. I like walking through and looking at zoos. Like in Park like, Zoo. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. just a way to. Uh, unwind a bit, if you will. And and also, people love taking kids there. And I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one thing. Um, And then I thought I would, you know, because we don't have a dog right now, but I, I would want to go to somebody's, like, older dog, you know, and I would say, um, you know, give, give me... And these are a little unfair because they're compound questions, I uh-huh. understand. But, I, you know, it's kind of two questions at once. But I'd say, I, I want to go to the dog and say, hey, give me one thing that human sink dogs like and mm. they don't. And give mm. me one thing that that, that, that human sink dogs don't like, but they right. do. They, they, yeah, right. Because, like, we put Guy, a, they we hate put a, having their bellies touched. Right. Everyone wants to, like, rub their bellies and flip them over. They hate it. Everyone does hate getting their bellies touched. Yeah. Right. Because I think we put a lot of emphasis on the tail wagging, mm-hmm. but the t- tail wagging clearly occurs out of nervousness yeah, that's sometimes. Just, right. I think it's just a behavior. what is this? I, I'm you know I'm trying to figure this out thing. Kind of it feels like when uh, when the tail's going. Yeah. Now I, you know hopefully it's not something that gets like a little weird when mm-hmm. they're like, well we like it if you you know really <laughs> help us kind of uh, two up the butt, my man. <laughs> feel a little more sexy. two up the butt, my man. <laughs> yeah. So that's a rough one if you have uh-huh. that. Then you're like, you and know you, what? You couldn't Let's be shocked by that answer, zoos. actually. You I couldn't would, be shocked by no, that. No, that's why I already yeah. said that right. I'm a little worried it's going to go that way. <laughs> um, and then uh, and, and then the uh, – I, I forgot. I didn't write okay. it down. I think, I think my other one – and, it, you know, like, hey, we don't promise that this podcast is ever funny. We just – we're into the philosophy section, man, right? Yeah, this is all right. thinking stuff. Sure. Um, unfortunately, I think it's, it's a very – it's a very unentertaining answer, but I would, I would find out I've, – I've heard that I think, like, frogs are a real good bellwether as to, like, the health of a body of water. Ooh. Or um, – and I'm sure the bees, you know, are as well as far as, like, agricultural health and stuff like that. So I think I would find out what that is for, like, the ocean or the air if, you know, whatever, like, one of those – Hey, when keep an eye out when the this population starts to dip in you know whatever biosphere or ecosystem you're looking at. So I think I would find that out and like talk to the frogs and like, hey, what's the number one thing or plankton? What's the number one thing that is that we're doing? That you know, is it CO two level? Is it is it floating pollution or whatever? And 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 at least in that way, we could start to get to work. Or hell, if I can ask him one question, I was like, give me the three, give me the three top things we're doing to mess this up for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, again, I'm a little worried 
I feel like the dog that I ask is going to know the answer to like, what do dogs like and what they mm-hmm. don't like? I'm a little worried that, you know, it could be wh- utterly personal I, though, you know, like, but, but, yeah, of course. Yeah. But while, while I like your question in theory, I'm a little worried the frogs are going to be like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, what's going on with the, with the entire pond? I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I thought the owl was going to get to like translate this answer for me, that the owl was going to go, like go between. No, but I mean, there's like, <laughs> I'm I'm giving them all like human level knowledge, but I mean, if you said to me like Rush, what is killing the, uh, what what's causing the the global warming? Yeah, I mean, I could like give kind of a loose answer, but it wouldn't be sufficient, I don't think, for you to be like, all right, tell me the fluorocarbon levels now. And, I've you know, got CO2, and you know, and like you know, just give me some buzzwords. I'll look up the rest. You know, like. Hey, if that frog says like, "Hey, dude, fluorocarbons, you gotta, you gotta chlorofluorocarbons are just whipping me, whipping yeah. me all day and night." Oh, it's man. a pesticide. Well, which one? Oh, wait, oh. I, if that get, oh. you're done. You only get one question. Oh, I, t- I can tell you, dude. What my my is really messing it up for me? Alligators, snakes, and yeah. uh, and eagles. You get rid of those three, I tell you, my health is gonna go through the roof. I love it. Or he's like, you know what's, you, you know what's messing it up for me? You asking me questions. <laughs> now I got this on my mind when all yeah. I wanted to do was have a nice conversation. My first talk yeah. with a human. Now I know humans and it's can a talk. Business meeting. I'm freaked out. <laughs> I gotta go around and tell all the people that have seen the humans that they can talk. I don't care for it. So it could it could really get sideways. I think uh, the one now I'm remembering the third one I had, which was kind of a stupid one. It was a joke, really, which was. I would save the third one for like when I'm gonna get attacked by an animal to be like, "What's that over there?" and then just run. <laughs> but it's such an interesting answer. Like, oh, that's a sugar maple. Uh, I climbed that one time to try and get oh. the honey out of the. <laughs> I can only hope he'll be so distracted that the bear will be like, "Yeah, giving me giving me the 15 minutes." He doesn't even notice I'm gone. Hey, Rush. Speaking of um, questions that that we want, we would want answered. Um, we'll we'll take people's scenarios if they want to write them to us. Eh? That's right. Yeah. If you uh, have a situation that you'd like us to put onto the show, uh, as we have in the past, mm-hmm. uh, all you need no to guarantee. Do, you no know, guarantee. we're still gonna we're still gonna vet them. You know, but right. yeah. But if you uh, the the only way to, yeah. to have us do it is if you write us at here's the situation podcast at gmail.com which was the least number of letters we could really get, but it's pretty good. Here's the situation podcast at gmail.com and uh, write us a situation. Uh, we would we would certainly appreciate that, and we have in the past, and we will in the future, uh, use some of the ones that you send in. What we lack in brevity, we make up for in specificity with that with that email address. That's right. You, yeah. Can't, yeah, you can't get it wrong. We'd like to thank Nate DeFort for, uh, for producing this, Julie Nichols for doing our music, Emily Cardamus for the artwork, and uh, thank you guys for uh, for listening. If you dig it and you wouldn't mind uh, rating or reviewing us, that's much appreciated. And hell, if you don't you don't want to go through the trouble of that and you just want to listen, then uh, then come back next week and we'll be uh, we'll be chatting at you. Thanks a bunch. 